This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? You should attend a service this Advent season where you can learn tons about our church. Also, you watch online Bethlehem.church forward slash south. Dave, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been a hot minute. Anything happened? Uh, well, actually, it's kind of a cold minute. It's cold outside right now. It's supposed to snow, and like Dakota County is going to get like, like be right on the barrier of like tons of snow or not a lot of snow. It'll be interesting. You you do okay with snow? I feel like I've asked you this question. Do you do okay driving in snow? I don't like driving in it. I was. uh, Is that because you have a piddly little two wheel Toyota Camry? No, but thanks for that. Uh, (laughs) It's because I was a claims adjuster. Oh, and so I know all the. Worst stories of winter driving accidents and picture myself participating in them. So Mm. if you're behind me or around me in the winter, you will be almost certainly annoyed with me, but you will be safer. You're welcome. (laughs) Defensive Driving 101 with Dave Suliker. Um, How have you been the last few weeks? You were sick. You got better. All's well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still really tired. Um Kind of took us, took out our whole family for a couple of weeks, right at the beginning of Advent, which is what we're going to talk about. But Haddon stepped in, did a great job preaching. Way uh, to go, Haddon. We got to uh, basically just kind of huddle up together as a family for a couple of weeks, and we're all we're all in the up and up now. So, what what are you looking forward to tasting the most? <laughs> uh, well, I'd say I've got. back or so. So today, actually, right before recording this, we had a staff Thanksgiving meal together. Oh, Kim Schiller. It was amazing. And Thanksgiving is my favorite meal. And this year on Thanksgiving, not only could we not be at my parents' house for it, but I couldn't taste anything. So this today today felt like a a big step forward for my emotional well-being. Being able to taste things again. Way to go. From the taste buds to the emotions, Dave Zuliger. The Dave Zuliger story, that should be it. From the taste buds to the emotions. So we are here to talk about Advent, here in Advent season. What does Advent mean, Dave? Advent means something that is coming soon, that we're looking forward to, something that's about to arrive, something that's about to break onto the scene. So just in principle, why are we celebrating Advent as a church? Because we're not like waiting for someone to arrive. Someone already arrived, right? Or are those two things somehow connected? Great question. Thank you. I thought I'd teed that one up (laughs) well. Well, we've talked before about different things like Lent and these different seasons that we'll sometimes engage in here. Uh, None of it is prescribed necessarily by the Bible, um, but but it is, I think, a helpful way for us to engage intentionally in rhythms for our hearts. So the original idea of, of Advent is to kind of enter into the waiting that the people of God were doing before the coming of Jesus, and to, to try to put ourselves back in that place for the purpose of stirring up a longing in our own hearts for the second return of Jesus. So we're going, man, look at look at this, you know, Isaiah 49 hadn't preached on it, where it says, 
that Jesus saving Israel be too light a thing. He's going to come and save the whole world. Or, uh, you know, Isaiah 9, uh, unto, unto you a child is born, unto you a son is given. And, and just this anticipation of uh, there's one coming who's going to, who's going to save us uh, from our sins, who's going to make all things new. And so we, we look back in a lot of ways on those texts and then we kind of look forward and go, oh yeah, we are also waiting. Jesus has come, lived the perfect life we couldn't live, died the death we deserve to die, rose again to conquer death. We praise God for that. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we are, uh, maybe more than ever, these last couple of years, we are waiting for him to come back and make all things new. Yeah, yeah that's good. Well, so for thousands of years, God's people waited for God to arrive, the Messiah to arrive, um, and there are certainly significant prophetic texts, but there's even like before the prophets, you know, significant texts and hints and direct promises related to the coming of someone. So just like, I mean, Genesis 3 mm-hmm. is like the big one in everybody's mind. Uh, you know, um, you know, I would put enmity between you and the woman and between her offspring and your offspring, God says to to the serpent, he will, you will bruise his heel and he will crush your head. Or maybe it's the inverse of that. Um, So which Christians since the time of Christ have looked at as a, as a prophetic kind of word towards someone coming who would lift the curse. Even the later stuff about uh, in, in Genesis, you know, uh, Noah's, dad, you know, yep. names him Noah with this kind of thing in mind. And I think it's Genesis 9. I'm just mm-hmm. freewheeling here. Uh, uh, maybe it's earlier or later. It's got to be earlier than that. Um, you know, will this be the one to bring us the relief right. from from the curse of the ground? Um, and so there's hints along. We've talked about this in the Biblical Theology yep. podcast. We talked about this in a, a few other places. Um, so there's an expectation all the way back in Genesis. Um, but you go from there, and there's certainly more. What else is there? Yeah, there's just all sorts of different lenses. I mean, Deuteronomy 30, oh, yeah. where it talks about this, this circumcision of the heart that's yeah. coming, and, and this word will not be too far off from you. And then mm-hmm. that gets actually quoted uh, in Romans later on. There's, there's text in Zechariah. Uh, that are announcing that there's there's this king is going to come, <laughs> he's going to ride in. Uh, there's like I said, all sorts of texts in Isaiah, Isaiah nine, this child that's coming, the government's going to be on his shoulders. Isaiah forty nine, we mentioned Isaiah forty two, oh. Isaiah fifty three, yeah. yeah. Isaiah eleven, the shoot of Jesse. Yep. Uh, there's yep. all, there's all this foreshadowing yeah. going Isaiah on. Isaiah nine, or even all the way back in Deuteronomy eighteen, yep. the Lord your God will raise up. Uh, from among you, a prophet like me. Yep. Um, it's to whom you will, him you will listen. And if you fail to listen to him, the Lord himself will require it of you, which is then, you know, taken and turned around and quoted in Acts 3 mm-hmm. and somewhere later in Acts, maybe Acts 6 or Acts 7, about Jesus explicitly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. back in the Pentateuch, all through the prophets, an expectation building of a coming one mm-hmm. who is. Uh, you know, Emmanuel, God with us. Yep. So not only yep. a a messianic figure that is a human, but more than that. Right. So, yep. and this is not. I mean, 
people were surprised, but man, there were people early on in like Acts, Anna, Simeon, others that were looking for the consolation. They were looking for the coming of Messiah with that kind of a mindset. That's right. Um, Not merely man, but more. Yep. Any particular text there that you just like, you know, you named a bunch, but any that you particularly hover on and are sweet to you personally or you use uh, a bunch in your own personal time during Advent? Yeah, I, t- I tend to hang out in Isaiah, um, Isaiah, yeah, Isaiah 9, Isaiah 11, and then the four texts, which are called the the servant songs or the suffering servant songs uh, that are really just like turning a diamond around and seeing the different facets of, of this coming Messiah. So I tend to hang out there in Advent, but then even uh, been helping te- Nick teach Truth on Fire and just been in this uh, Advent sermon series on light, just been tracing the different themes of light, and that's just all throughout the Bible too. Um, so I, that's been sweet this year too to get ready to preach on it, to do the devotional that a bunch of people wrote uh, on it, to... Uh, Think about it as I've taught Truth on Fire a little bit. So, yeah. But Isaiah is my favorite. I just yeah. I find myself going back there over and over again. Yeah, Isaiah is so good. And uh, all the Messianic stuff and then how that gets interwoven in the last seven or so chapters, the quote-unquote yep. new heavens and new earth chapters. Yep. Um, really, really cool. Yeah. Can't, can't yeah. wait to preach on Isaiah when we get to Revelation. That's good. <laughs> good for you. It's a, it's, you, it's a you, podcast that I'm on. I You knew I had to say something about you Revelation. You worked it in. Yep. Slowly, surely. My, my other, my other favorites that are a little bit different would be, uh, you know, like Jeremiah and Ezekiel, mm-hmm. and just the the coming new covenant and the power of the Spirit to bring about this new people, and and that's where that's where explicitly a couple times God says, "I'm going to be your God, you're going to be my people." Yeah. So yeah. it's showing this isn't just some like you said some human messianic deliverer. This is God coming to be with his people, to ransom his people. Yeah, yeah, amen. My favorite Christmas text continues to be, drumroll, probably have heard it on this podcast someplace, Revelation chapter 12. The dragon? Yeah, the dragon, ready to swallow the... It's a little bit different than the manger scene. It's true. I think think Ethan's here. We should have that as the backdrop next year for Advent. Mm. In preparation, right before we go into Revelation, it's like... A dragon Instead, waiting to like devour. A, a dragon over the manger. <laughs> oh, yeah. That works. And then the baby with a rod of iron. Yeah. You know, ready to go at it. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that's such a... <laughs> baby Jesus versus the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in that text, you know, I, I think it's, um, you know, the, the way that I would characterize that text is at the, at the um, birth and ascension of Jesus and all the stuff between those bookends. Yeah. Um, that is the decisive victory over Satan, which leads to him being losing his place in heaven. Um, so no longer can he accuse the brethren. The accuser of our of the brethren, our brethren, has been thrown down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they the saints conquer him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, because they love not their lives even unto death. So, uh, was it? What does it say? Um, you know, bless, I can't remember, you know, bless are you heavens or something like that, but woe to you earth because Satan has come down and he knows that his time is, sh- he is filled with yeah. wrath and he knows filled that his wrath. time is yep. short. Yep. Um, and he goes about persecuting the other offspring of the, w- the woman, the saints. Um, that's, that to me is a pretty significant text for both like 
when Jesus came and what all that was about and what that means now for us, for me in yeah. light of that. Yeah. So talk about, um, so you got Matthew, you got Luke, the actual um, narratives of the birth of Jesus. So Mark starts and jo- John starts way before that in the yeah. you know, beginning in the of be- everything. In the beginning. Yeah. And uh, Mark kind of starts in the middle. Um, your little, uh, your little action movie version of the gospel is gospel of Mark. Um, but if you look at the the Matthew text, you got the genealogy that starts. Mm -hmm. Um, I think do a lot of people in your estimation, Dave, like just kind of skip over that genealogy on their way to narrative or is it, what do you think people think about that genealogy? I don't know. I don't, I guess I've never done an informal survey or anything. Um, (laughs) but if you, if you read it, I mean, if you read it, it's it's kind of everything we just talked through yeah, <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the Old Testament. I mean, you see Jesse show up, you see, um, you know, Solomon show up, and Rehoboam show up, and Jehoshaphat show up, and Uzziah and Hezekiah, who's you know shows up in the time of Isaiah, and uh, so you see all these Old Testament characters showing up. Yeah. So it's it's like a it's like a little mini Advent in itself. Something's yeah. coming, and we're building up to it. Yeah. I think, um, so sometimes I think the Matthew um, genealogy and then the genealogy near the beginning of Luke are sometimes Mm -hmm. thought of or portrayed popularly as one of them is the line of Jesus through Joseph, the other is the line of Jesus through Mary, um, even though Mary's name doesn't really show up as being in that line or it's all male. did some study a few years ago, and there's a couple of interesting places, because apparently we have an Instagram now, so maybe we could drop that on the Instagram. Ethan's over there in the corner. So I think what's We made it. We yeah, made it. We made it. We're big time now. Um, so I think the one thing that's true about um, the Matthew text is just in some very interesting ways, mm-hmm. it says the person, the son of, the son of, the son of. And as it's following that genealogy, it skips some significant figures in the Old Testament that when you analyze it really closely... Um, the figures that are skipped are people that are non-Judahite um, kings on the throne of David. So my take is, um, and a couple of scholarly things I could point to, but my take is is that Matthew is following the descendant of who inherited the throne, and Luke is the actual physical offspring, physical genealogy. Of Jesus, and that's how I I tend to put those two together, cool. is and then it it is actually you know uh, six groups of seven you know with all that symbology sim symbiology symbi- symbolic symbol symbolism there's the word there it is late nights with kids will help you on podcast ten times out of ten so um, I think the symbolism there is significant and it's actually historical. It's not just like, you know, Matthew pulled a few numbers out of his head and said, oh, look, how, how cool is this? Um, he's right. actually like pointing out like um, there's some cohesion in God's story, some patterns towards completion of Christ that inclu- is included in even the, the number of you know, predecessors of him in the line of Judah mm-hmm. that would sit on the throne mm-hmm. of, of David. Um, is there anything particular that's really sweet about the story? Of Advent, like as you think about those texts, either what's recounted in Matthew, what's recounted in Luke, anything that really stands out to you and it just like it pops. Uh, the one thing that's always stood out to me that maybe is not uh, is is not 
all that Christmassy. But the one thing that's always stood out to me is the obedience of Joseph. Yeah. Uh, every time I read through the Christmas stories and <laughs> just just try to think about being Joseph for a minute or two and what he's going through, right? He's he's just gotten betrothed and now his now his betrothed is pregnant. He's trying to figure out what to do about that, and uh, then he's got these visions happening. And just uh, every time he has a vision and God tells him to do something, his response is to go do it. You know, like right away. There's there's no hesitancy. It's just the next verse. And so, I've always been really just encouraged um, to obey God that quickly to try to follow God that faithfully. So that's been one aspect that's sweet. Um, and then it's just it's just sweet to see uh, all the fulfillment of the promises. You know that here he is. Here's the one that we've been waiting for throughout the whole Old Testament. Yeah, and he. <laughs> He comes in this lowly form in a manger and a bunch of animals, and uh, and he's he's of no account. And then even just to see, uh, you know, we're, we've been we've been reading Genesis together, getting ready for that sermon series, and we've seen God's providential hand in all those twists and turns. And you get that same thing in the in the early story of Jesus. You know, we're just talking about the Revelation twelve yep. picture. You just see God go, "Nope, I'm going to protect you here." I'm going to protect you here. I'm going to protect you here. You're going to accomplish all that we set out to accomplish, and you just see his sovereignty in that as well, which is encouraging for our salvation and just our lives yeah. individually as well. Yeah. On the note of Joseph, I'm just reminded, so in the you know, in the uh, various texts, as you put them together, you have you know two kind of miraculous births, which are in line with this pattern of typology, these, these fulfillments of like, you know, going all the way back to... Um, you know, like a Sarah, you know, or uh, yeah. or others since then. Um, you know, man, loads and loads of them. Um, yeah. uh, Rachel and um, Rebecca too, right? Yeah, maybe Rebecca as well. And then, um, you know, Hannah and others. And then you have at the beginning of the gospel narratives, you know, the um, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And what's interesting, I think the contrast there is, Here's Joseph, relatively no name, you know, no particular info about him. Really, really fast obedience. Yep. And then Zechariah, a priest ministering in the Holy of Holies. Yeah. Hesitate, hesitate. But Lord, but wait. Yeah. Just even that kind of like, um, you know, the kind of upside down kingdom that Jesus brings. Yep. Where everybody, like Luke's opening, you know, who, what is he coming to do? The high will be brought low, and the low will be exalted. Yeah. Um, it's really significant. Anything else about you know biblical stuff? Advent. I think we're going to try to do another episode where we just talk about like the practice of Advent. You know, we're a Baptist church that rocks the church calendar, mm-hmm. which is not uh, not the most normal thing on the planet. But right. I think before then, I mean, just anything else you'd say about about Christmas, about Advent. Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't think anything else significant. Just just an encouragement. It helps me, and I think it helps most people to to intentionally kind of settle into seasons. So, you know, read the stories. and, and <laughs> Go read the text and read the devotional and let your heart yeah. eagerly long. Yeah. yeah. All Merry Christmas, Dave. Almost. 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 <laughs> I'll see you again before. Yeah, thanks for joining us.